Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. I am <laughs> I am one of your hosts who's not yet that comfortable doing the intro. Uh, <laughs> my name is Max Carlin, and I'm joined, as always, by uh, Jake Rosen. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing well today, Max. How are you? Uh, a bit embarrassed by my inability to, <laughs> to, do the, uh, to do the intro, but hopefully after like 80 attempts or whatever, I'll be as good as it, as, Jesus, as good at it as Ben. Growing pains, growing pains. Everyone just gets to witness them now. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's talk, tell them what we're talking about today, because I'm excited about this one. All right, we're, we are talking about uh, what, what I think is kind of like the underrated defensive attribute, uh, and that is ground coverage or mobility, however, however you want to uh, phrase it. But I, I think that we, we talk a lot, and, and draft Twitter in general, I think, fixates on on intelligence, recognition, feel, that sort of thing. And that's all really, really important. And it's sort of the, the prerequisite to uh, exert influence as a, as, a, as a help defender on defense. But, you know, once, once you're seeing those things and diagnosing those things, you do have to be able to act on, on you know, what you're seeing. Uh, and I think invariably, no matter sort of what your approach is and, and uh, you know, how, how you're handling position and timing, no matter what ground coverage becomes intensely important and, and sort of one of the defining act, uh, factors in determining, you know, how much a, a guy is capable of impacting uh, team defense. Yeah, I think this is kind of like the crown jewel of help defense. Like we always see these tweets and clips like player X is quite literally and figuratively covering multiple defender uh, multiple opponents and like he's everywhere at once and like you know what it takes to actually achieve that is you know it's kind of this combination of not only the feel and intelligence and intellect that we consistently talk about but it does require tools um length helps being taller helps you know it requires quick hips to be able to flip directions and rotate between two guys um it requires length when contesting shots coming from the weak side and you know all these things in conjunction when they work together it's extremely effective but you know like to actually cover ground effectively on a consistent basis it, it does require this you know rare combination of both feel and tools and when it is in effect it, like definitely shouldn't take it for granted and it can be very impactful. So we're here to talk about some guys that bring that to the table today. Yeah. So I think there are a few key areas where ground coverage becomes very relevant. And I think that we, we can start with the most apparent one and the most obvious one. Uh, I think it's weak side rim protection, just that, you know, 
if you're if you're stationed in the corner and you need to be rotating at the rim to contest a shot, yes, seeing that that rotation needs to be made is of course the first step, but actually being able to get there is essential as well. Um, I think a really fun example of this is watching USC. Uh, you get to see both Mobleys, uh, and so you have Evan Mobley who is exceptional at ground coverage that he has you know one or two strides covers all the distance that he needs to cover to get from the corner to the rim to contest a shot and that he has such exceptional recognition and is such a high intelligence player that he is seeing everything and then you know for the 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 other side of the coin you have Isaiah Mobley who is a very intelligent player in his own right has excellent recognition um he does not necessarily have the ground coverage ability. And while, while, while Isaiah Mobley is, is an impactful team defender, um, I think you see the difference between an elite-level defensive prospect and a, a very good college team defender when you have, not to, not to say comparable minds necessarily in, in Isaiah and Evan Mobley, but two very smart players with very good recognition at the college level, one of whom is you know, an outlier in his ground coverage ability and one of whom is very poor. I think it, it's a, it's a pretty stark example. Yeah. Watching them um, together on the court, like when they're playing in the front court defensively, it's really funny. Um, like you said, the contrast between the two of them and just, you know, the swiftness in which one of them moves with and the other doesn't. Um, I don't know what Isaiah did to deserve that. <laughs> he drew the short straw, short straw in terms of the genes um, for sure on that end. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you've been looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you, so you can confidently shop knowing your pair is the real deal. For sneaker sellers out there, eBay has estimated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com sneakers today. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect and the NBA is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. But I think, you know, people refer to this like one as like, you know, like how quickly can you get to the apex? Like how quickly can you get to the top of the square? Like in theory, if all, you know, layups and close room temps are, are the ball is getting to that top of the square, like how quickly can you get there? And Evan Mobley, you know, with the pop time and the length, you know, he gets up there in a millisecond. And this is something you guys talked about, you, Ben, and PD, um, you know, in that Evan Mobley long episode is that, you know, not only is the recognition special, it's, you know, he has so much room for error because of his quick pop time and the length that it basically allows him to wait until the last possible second to time that jump. And like, not only does he not get fooled by ball fakes, and things of that nature but you know it's the ability to get up to the square as quickly as possible and I know from like from experience this is why 
I mean, I was lower and you, among other people, were lower on someone like James Wiseman and Obi Toppin as rim protectors because of that long load time. And despite Wiseman being a freak of nature and possessing, you know, a crazy long wingspan and just being an abnormally large human being, that long load time prevented him from getting to the apex quicker you know, than other big men. And I think we've also seen that at the NBA level so far, you know, like, yeah, he, he's had some highlight plays here and there, but, you know, crafty guards are, are, can definitely give him trouble on a night-to-night basis. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, getting to that apex as quickly as possible while also, like, recognizing and putting yourself in position, which we're going to talk about, like, actually getting into position in the first place and some guys that excel there. Um, but Evan Mobley is, is kind of the crown jewel of this, you know, microcosm in my opinion because he does possess the iq to put himself in advantageous positions off the ball and then he has the tools and physicality to you know get up to the apex as quickly as possible and deter shots yeah and if you are one of those guys who can cover ground uh in a split second it does like you said give you margin for error in that maybe you don't have the most consistent awareness or recognition or the fastest but if you're Jaden mcdaniels and you can just eat up space so quickly and then have your really good functional length, um, you know, you, you can afford some slower recognition at times and, st- and still be a, a really impactful uh, helper and protector. Yeah, I mean, that definitely applies to Jaden. Someone that I think that is applicable to in this class is Isaiah Jackson. Um, yeah, you'll, some, yeah. you'll sometimes see Isaiah Jackson be not only one, but basically two ticks behind. Um, there will be someone driving down the lane. He will have weak side rim protection responsibilities and it basically won't click until the last possible second where it's even feasible that he can challenge at the rim yet with all that being said he slides jumps and swats it into the second row all within like the snap of the finger and you know i think he's very interesting when you consider the margin for error that comes from, you know, someone like when Xavier Tillman was protecting the rim last year, you know, he didn't have the tools to deter. So his margin for error, if he missed, if he was late on a rotation was pretty much non-existent. However, him being so on point with those rotations allowed him to, you know, just wall up and be super effective despite being six, nine and with like a credit card jump. But Isaiah Jackson is kind of the antithesis of that in that he recognizes everything incredibly late but, you know, has this special collection of tools that enables him to make up for it at the college level. Yeah, Jackson is exactly who I was thinking of in this class because it's like, you know, empty corner pick and roll. Isaiah Jackson is supposed to be there. He's not there. Oh, wow, wow. now he is there. He's snatching the ball out of the air, <laughs> like literally just grabbing it. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, his, his ground coverage is really impressive. I think you, uh, beyond the, the weak side room protection, you definitely see that with, with him and, and Mobley on uh, jump shots that, that especially college level guards, they don't think that, that uh, like during, during their shot process that, that Isaiah Jackson or Evan Mobley is going to get there because normal human beings don't cover ground like that. Uh, and they do. And then they both have also the length to finish that kind of play as well. Um, yeah. But yes, I think both very strong examples of the, the, the value of ground coverage. No. And I, and I do think the blocking jump shots is like, it's kind of like a special thing. Like people don't block pull-up jump shots. They, that's not really a thing. Um, and Evan, you know, the difference I would say between Isaiah Jackson and Evan, Isaiah Jackson is very reactive. You know, it's like, oh, I think I can get there. Like I'm kind of out of position. Like, and sometimes when, when like 
and maybe this is me just like looking for confirmation bias, but I genuinely don't think it's true. Um, Isaiah Jackson, you know, when he'll block these jump shots, he'll sort of be out of position. Like he'll maybe drop a little bit too far and, and drop coverage. And then it's just like the split second reactivity and the crazy. Evan is offense manipulation. I was literally getting to the point. Evan is like, yeah, I'm going to make you think you have this space. I'm going to read when you go up to pull up for this, like your first motion going up. Yeah. I'm going to act on that. And I'm going to block your shot and finish it with a dunk on the other end. Like it is literally offensive manipulation. It's kind of like, you know, when you'd be playing like flag football and you were a kid and like you would leave the guy open for like a little bit, a split second. So you could jump it for the pick six. Like that was like a big thing for me. Evan Mobley does that like as a college basketball player, you know, like he'll bait you into thinking that this is an, a plausible possibility for you and then just wipe it all from your face. Yeah. I think Isaiah Jackson is way more just like thinking on the fly, which is fine. It's fine, but it kind of just points towards how, you know, impressive Evan is in this aspect. Yeah. And I think we'll get into that a little bit more later, but I think that all comes back to how Evan manages space, which is kind of distinct from ground coverage, but I think, bears mentioning because it's very relevant particularly for for bigs uh both in in primary and help situations defensively yeah um oh yeah and then the the other aspect of of weak side rim protection is uh is pre-positioning which i think that you see probably more in the nba than college game but you'll see these like aggressive pre-positioning rotation whatever you want to call it for for weak side defenders and i think that that you know, maybe one would suggest that that mitigates the need for serious ground coverage ability, but I would argue that it just necessitates a different ground coverage at a different time that, you know, you're going to like NBA players are very, very capable of making that weak side skip. Like you're going to have to close out. And that's where, where like your Devin Vassell's become so valuable because Devin Vassell, it's, it's, you know, two strides and he's back from from the helpline to to a corner shooter and can put a great contest on it with his length uh so even if even if you're in say a defensive scheme that that is really emphasizing this pre-positioning ground coverage is still going to be really necessary for those recoveries yeah no i mean that's definitely a big big point um you know in my processing speed article a couple months back i wrote about how you know a big indicator of processing speed was after you make a rotation or helps like a help side whether it's a rim rotation or a stunt, like getting back out and, and like finding the correct man. And I think this is kind of like the way you put it in the outline is kind of like the epitome of that. You know, you have to recognize where you're supposed to go and not everything is going to be a simple tag and recover back to your own man. Like sometimes it's going to require an X out between you and the man who's on the backside. And I think like I'm currently writing about Franz Wagner and I think this is um, like an area that he's pretty polished in right now is you know the ability to correctly tag and put yourself in like a position initially that you know deters the offense's first option but then once they do revert back and whether it's a skip pass or you know just some action to get the ball onto the other side where you were helping you know getting back to that man I, I think Franz where he's good at right now is like knowing where to go and he's really good at taking angles you know certain angles and using his length um, you know, there are a couple of times where I've seen him get burned on like aggressive closeouts at the end that he is still six nine. Um, but where I do where I do walk away impressed from him is, you know, the angles that he takes and the hip fluidity. So I did want to just like add him in there. And I do think his initial positioning is also really good. Um, 
in terms of like actual secondary rim protection, you know, from a four, which I think is like a viable position for him at the next level. I think his like initial positioning as well as being able to take the correct angle to get back out is pretty good from him. Yeah. So uh, the next type of, of, or area where ground coverage, I think becomes relevant is on, I guess what we'll call drive disruption, uh, which would be like stunts and and digs. Again, this is, this is because you have to both get to the spot where you're impacting the drive and then get back. Uh, So I think that like the cell is probably the best possible example of this. The cell is the goat of this. Exactly. The cell the way that he would be able to, to get to things within warp speed and then recover for great closeouts as well was just transcendent, frankly, uh, and is why, you know, he was such a special, special defensive prospect. Um, you don't see those guys very often. I think that, that like this year, Romeo Weems is, is exceptional in his, in his ground coverage. Um, but like the, finding guys who, because like you can you could find guys who are very good and and like strong handed on on digs and are really disruptive like someone like Chris Duarte is I think a really 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 impactful on digs consistently um, just because he's got he's got a good feel for it he's got strong hands he gives good effort he uses his length actively it's it's different from then like being reliant on positioning and and being opportunistic when you can be and being Devin Vassell who can involve himself all the time and can do it in a way where he is impacting 10 different things on, on a given possession. That's, that's where the special ground coverage comes into play. And that's where you have, you start to derive really, really significant impact, uh, particularly as a wing player. Yeah. I mean, my favorite clips from last year's draft cycle are the ones where Vassell will, he'll dig to disrupt the drive and then he'll get like, a, he'll get a steal while rotating back to his original man from he'll steal the special yep like he'll dig and then he'll steal the pass back and i was just like all right this guy is and like last year was you know my first year really like fully diving into draft coverage year round so i kind of took myself for granted a little bit like i absolutely loved him i think i finished with him like top five but i didn't really understand how big of a luxury it was to have two wing defenders like Vassell and okoro in the same class um now i'm realizing that that was pretty pretty damn special last year um, but yeah, like Vassell is definitely, you know, the best at this that we can say, like, and watching him last year was pretty much a masterclass and like the stuff I've seen from the Spurs, like the Spurs are very fun in the NBA this year, which is like not something I think I, I thought I would say coming into the year. And a big part of that is like their wings, just like mucking up actions, uh, especially Vassell on digs and stunts. Um, someone else I did want to talk about, and he's a little bit different. You know, a lot of the guys that we've talked about so far, these big, you know, lengthy, rangy, big wings or big men that, you know, have a lot of advantageous physical tools going for them that enable them in these areas. But someone I find is very disruptive on drives in this draft class is Keon Johnson. And I think that's kind of, you can kind of attribute that to his otherworldly lateral quickness. You know, he's very quick to like his quick twitch movements are really on point. And I think he actually does possess like, like even though his frame doesn't really show it, I think he's scrappy and strong and pretty strong for like the combo guard that he is. So, you know, when he's on the wings, I, he's, he's someone I think is really disruptive in stunts and digs. Um, And it's not necessarily as much as like, 
you know, you can cover so much ground as quickly as possible because you're so lengthy and the strides are so long, but he's kind of, he, he gets it done in a different way. And it's kind of these like quick twitch movements from a guard that I, I think are noteworthy. It's like lateral explosion. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. It's like getting from point A to point B strictly from a defensive slide, you know, and like that's something that is pretty abnormal in the way that he makes that look so easy. Yeah, it's it's like an entirely different movement chain, I think. Well, that's something that we were going to have to ask PD about because I don't understand how a human being could like generate that degree of power moving in that way. Uh, but it's a you know, very, very special athletic tool. Yeah, there are a lot of different special athletic questions that I would love to ask uh, someone who's qualified about Keon Johnson because there's a lot of things that just defy physics and basketball movement in general. But And this is certainly one of them. You know, His ability to get to po- from point A to point B strictly from a lateral slide as a guard is really noteworthy. And then something I do like about him, like he does have very quick hands and he's pretty accurate on his digs. You, know, you see a lot of guys, like when they actually get to the point, you know, we'll just – one be like so surprised that they're actually at the point and then they kind of just wildly hack and you know a lot of teams are the one-on-one like get beneficiary free throws that way but what I do like about Keon is that when he does get to that point of attack with the ball handler he's under control and like very precise with these digs and you know whether it's a strip or he'll cause a jump ball um, you know it's it's under control when actually going to cause the event but yeah his ability to you know get from the tagging like get from his wing assignment into the lane and disrupt the drive is pretty damn intriguing yeah i think dig accuracy is data that the draft community absolutely needs i would love to see it <laughs> because there's nothing that drives me crazier than dig foul like as if i were a coach like dig fouls would drive me up the wall like at the very least, just get there and wall up and make him make a decision. And you see so many guys in college basketball sliding and just hacking everything and two free throws. I, it's one of the gifts of college basketball. We've got uh, curmudgeon Jake on, on uh, the pod today. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The, the last area that we had was um, the thing that we kind of teased earlier, which is managing space as a big man. Uh, and, and this is a, a bit distinct, but I think something that is really relevant. And, and uh, there are, I think, two aspects to this. The first would be playing pick-and-roll defense below the level of the screen, so either in, like, soft coverage or drop coverage. And I think uh, each of the last two big uh, USC prospects are relevant for this. And Yoko Kongwu, was, we talked about it you know, to death last year and then Mobley this year. That those guys playing in a drop just maneuver space so so well, and you could you could actually throw uh you could throw Usman Garuba I think in there as well. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I think Garuba is pretty good here. We should we he definitely deserves to get mentioned in this episode at some point. Yeah, I think Garuba Garuba should be thrown in there as well. Um, but yeah, just being able to contain guys and then recover, and I think there is like a level of explosion and power that's required for. If you do have to turn your hips, say to to recover on a pocket pass or something like that, and you know maybe that comes down to a footwork issue, but but like there's a level of, of power and, and ground coverage that that's important there, uh, as well as just a, an ability to to cover multiple things that I think someone like like Mobley is really good at using using his length, you know, having a a feel for the space that he needs to sit in 
to be deterring a pass and a shot or to be able to deter a pass and then contest a floater well, or in his case, given that he has a seven, five wingspan, actually block a floater or pull up. Uh, This is in contrast to someone like James Wiseman, who had just really, really poor feel for maneuvering in a drop, uh, just like would kind of neither contain nor recover or his, his big issue was the, the just like never recovering. Uh, or then you, you have, you have Oturu and, and Carrot who just like didn't contain guys ever. Uh, Cole, Anthony, yeah, managing Cole space. Anthony versus uh, James Watson, EY, EYBL film will forever live to show this. Um, I'll, you, I mean, I don't know if you watched that one specifically. I have seen that game. Yeah. I yeah. don't remember it that well, but I have seen that game. I mean, I don't remember it every possession by possession, but I do remember Cole Anthony coming around the screen and giving James Watson absolute hell at the, at basically the perimeter every single time. Um, I do think, and this is one of my favorite things to watch while scouting big men, admittedly, um, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I do think the game is headed to a more perimeter perimeter oriented uh, style of basketball, especially in terms of the offensive end, terms of, like with creation. However, defense, you know, with, with pick and roll, picking up and space, picking up, like getting a big man who can guard in space. Um, that's really valuable. And, and I think, you know, when we were going, the NBA was going through this switchability phase. Uh, I think there some teams are still going through it. But in reality, you're like, while I think the switchability thing was a little bit overblown, like how many guys can truly switch one through five and be effective while doing it? Not that many. Um, I, I think it's a much lower bar to, and a much more realistic bar to hit of, okay, how many bigs can like guard in space and not look lost while doing it? And I think, you know, like watching... I was, that's why I was so high on Okongu last year. That was one of the big reasons, you know, watching him stun at the handler and then be able to contest the lob back to the roll man, you know, little things like that. Um, this year, Mobley clearly excels. You know, we talked about him, you know, tagging, basically tagging the roll by him, like by himself and then baiting the, the ball handler into pulling into taking a pull up before swatting that away. Someone I've also really enjoyed doing this this year and, you know, kind of just speaks to the level of, greatness as a prospect Cade Cade playing drop coverage has been so fun to watch this year he has no business being that good playing drop coverage he is literally a point guard who like will make secondary rim rotations when his man is in the corner um he rarely has low man responsibilities you know he he's been a guard for the past three years four years basically I know he grew up playing a little bit of power forward but, you know, there's basically no reason for him to be as good as he is in drop coverage. But he really speaks to that, you know, intellect and tools combination, the ability and the spatial, like the ability to have that spatial awareness to, you know, contain the ball handler and make them feel like they could keep probing, but there's nothing that's truly open for them right there while also keeping tabs on the roller. You know, it's, re- it's not an easy thing to do. It's, you know, split the difference between those two, and that's why pick and rolls are, are so effective. But, you know, watching guys like Cade and Mobley um, excel guarding in space has certainly been fun to watch this cycle. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you've been looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you, so you can confidently shop knowing your pair is the real deal. For sneaker sellers out there, eBay has estimated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers check out ebay.com sneakers today 
The wait is finally over. Football was in full effect and the NBA is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I given the like the spatial awareness that you mentioned because it's very relevant. I, I would be curious to see Keon Johnson defending in a drop. I like again, it's a totally pointless thing to do. Uh, although I guess he could be like a six four, six five power forward. But Keon defending in a drop would be very interesting to me, given his unique spatial awareness. Um, it would just be a, like a curious thing to to see, especially because like technically you wouldn't expect that Keon Johnson would be proficient in a drop. Like he probably doesn't have experience doing it. He probably doesn't have the footwork for it, but just like how, how does that just raw feel for space for space translate to? Oh, I would, you know, like putting someone in a drop coverage, like in whether like in a short sided game or a drill, like in a draft workout, like that's the thing I would be really interested in if I were an NBA team. Like I think it kind of epitomizes, you know, how are you able to instinctually, toggle between these two guys you know there's no there's no real right way to do it it's kind of you have you have two boxes that you need to check and the two boxes you need to check are protect the rim and contain the handler and it's kind of up to the big man or the the drop man in a from a possession by possession basis on how they want to achieve that I do think like someone like Keon Johnson like you know obviously Scotty Barnes more of a four but like how do you think Scotty Barnes would fare like in this aspect um I'm not really sure. I, I'm I'm behind on on FSU for sure. Um, Scotty, yeah, he's he's in a weird role this year. I, I yeah, I guess he probably hasn't really played that much like big man pick and roll coverage. Yeah. More that much straight up big man pick and roll coverage because obviously he's he's switched a lot in his in his basketball playing life. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. No, I mean because he's it's it's a tough you know thing to peg for me because he hasn't really operated as the drop man as much as I hoped this year in his draft year. Um, but he is someone who it's, I would be really interested to see on a consistent basis, how he could leverage, you know, the in, incredible intelligence that he has, you know, that off the charts IQ, but, you know, with the mitigating tools, you know, some slow hips and most notably the lack of vertical explosion, which is really interesting when you I are, worry about that in, yeah in drop. <laughs> no I agree I agree with you I agree with you but it's I'm just it's tough as evaluators that we can't see like I would love to see that six times a game and go from there um now it's kind of just me and you speculating about it but yeah I do agree with you and that's kind of why I brought him up because as smart as he is I do think he kind of lacks that at, like at the end of the day you do need that those tools and I think that's where someone like Garuba could kind of pick up where Scotty falls short in a sense without committing ourselves to anything. Uh, we should do an episode on the, uh, developmental benefits that the Tennessee guys could derive from playing in various short-sighted games. <laughs> I mean, I know you saw my, t- you saw my, yeah, t- I saw, I, I saw your tweet. <laughs> that tweet is something, you know, it just came to me while watching them that they have, and for those of you who don't know the tweet I'm referring to, I think I can't remember the exact wording of it, but it was basically like, I would love to plug Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer in a one-on-one. They play one-on-one against each other with a dribble rule, 
But the number one rule is that once you get walled off by the other player, you aren't allowed to turn your back and post up. You have to have a counter. I want to see a step back. I want to see, you know, a crossover, some type of like reaction to getting walled off that doesn't involve uh, posting up, which my two beloved prospects love to do ever so often. Um, and I think, yeah. Every so often. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that is their MO at this point. Um, what are you going to do about it? Uh, I am not Rick Barnes. But yeah, I would love to see them play a game of ones where it's just full of step back jumpers. I think that would be awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, in college, that you know, could be a viable. I I would imagine it's something that they're told to do. Um, I agree. I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to speculate, but it honestly happens too much, and it seems like too like quick of a resort. Like Springer's Springer's always been comfortable leveraging strength, but that's not necessarily like Kian. I guess a little bit, but I don't know it's too pervasive in with the team. And it's like, I mean, and we see it with other teams. You see it with like Villanova um, that I am inclined to think that they're told to do that, which is why, but from like a developmental standpoint, I would like to see them play a game where they're not allowed to do that. Um, I think it would be very interesting and probably beneficial. Yeah. (laughs) Now the one question that I have is if this is in Tennessee's living room pitch, we post up our guards. Nico Mannion and Shreve Cooper both made the wrong choice. <laughs> that is my I, own. That, I, I don't think the Nico or Sharif, Nico more because Sharif, I think it was, it was a little bit more sporadic, but Nico, yeah, the Nico post initiation. I will never get over it. I will never get over it. I, that article is somewhere. Um, I'm not sure I want to direct people to it, but that was the first, you know, deep, dive draft article i did you know profiling why i thought nico Mannion was a top whatever prospect in the 20 uh 2020 class and you can check out the section that i dedicated to his post-up usage it is fun to say the least yeah that that was a that was a fun time that was um all right oh oh, and then i guess the we, we went way off on a tangent the other thing that we were we were supposed to talk about within managing space was interior help um and so this becomes relevant because like if you're if you're guarding a guy in the dunker spot it becomes a difficult calculation of like when and how and where and with what angle and commitment to help uh and i I think you see it like very prominently with with rudy gobert that like he is able to just account for everything and you also see it with mobley that like he can position himself and then use his length in a way where there is no angle for a pass and he's going to get at the very least an excellent contest on a shot. And that that's another just like aspect of, of working within space. That's, that's really important. Uh, particularly as a big man to, to just like, you know, make the most out of space and, and you'll be able to cover multiple people when you're in inherently disadvantageous spots. Yeah. I think, and I think this is more of like, you know, it's less of a feel thing to me um, and more of just like a reactive thing You know, with Gobert. Like, it's like you're guarding the dunker spot. You see someone coming down the lane. Like, how quickly can you slide and cover that ground to get over and block that shot or contest it? Um, I've been watching more NBA this year, just trying to, like, keep basketball fun and maintain the holistic approach of the game. I've been watching the Jazz because the Jazz are really fun this year. And Gobert, like, it kind of goes without saying – but I think he kind of gets like disrespected and he's like top 20 player list, whatever. Like Gobert is insane. Like he is actually crazy. 
um, ridiculously impactful. And this like interior help is kind of where he derives like most of that value. Just like there are so many times where I'll be watching someone play Utah and I think they'll have a clean look at the rim and Gobert kind of just comes out of nowhere and just erases it. Um, and I think it really speaks to like the different types of decisions that you have to make on the basketball court. Like we praise, you know, manipulative passing and all that stuff from guards, but bigs, like everyone has split second decisions and the split second decision from a big is like, okay, am I fully committing myself to the shot? Like, or is that going to open up a lane for a drop off to the dunker spot? And it's, it's a tough dilemma that they have to navigate on a possession basis. But, you know, this is definitely somewhere where I, I think Mobley also excels and, you know, waiting to, like we mentioned, waiting to that last possible second to almost exploit the opponent into thinking that he has nowhere else to go except lay this ball up despite Evan Mobley's presence. And I think that's definitely a trait that the two of them both share. Yeah. And it's, and it, you know, it's contest technique and timing become very relevant there as well that like, okay, so if I'm going to more or less stay home to prevent a pass, but then am I also able with one step, once the ball is in the air to then get to a spot where I can contest or block, you know, a shot really well. Uh, and that, that's something that Mobley pretty consistently can do that he can, that he can time them, and that he has the discipline as a contester to wait until the last second and then has the ground coverage, even though in this, in this situation, you're, you're, you're talking about covering a small amount of ground, but a lot of human beings can't do that. And a lot of human beings like can't, can't jump from, from like weird setups. That was something that a Kongwu was so special with that, that his, mm-hmm. he didn't need any setup to leap that he could, his feet could be facing in opposite directions and he could have just landed and he could second jump. And it was the same height as, as you know, if he was loading up with, with like, you know, with momentum, um, you know, being, being able to, to cover that ground in an instant is, is absolutely essential if you're going to be one of those truly elite level, uh, rim protectors. Yeah, the jumping position is a really big point. Um, you know, just thinking about like as someone who played basketball in high school and and, and like was consistently training and stuff, you see all, all the big men working on approach jumps. Like that is what everyone works on. You know, gather yourself, one, two, slide, and and rise up off two. And people get comfortable with that. Like that's you know that's the same picturing it on the basketball court. Like you're tacking in the dunker spot, gather one, two, step across the lane and get vertical. Um, but the ability to kind of jump and contest from compromised positions against like, that's what you need to go against the league's best guard or the world's best guards. Like they're extremely crafty. They know your tendencies as a shot blocker. They know how to utilize things like the rim to their advantage to shield you off. And, you know, there's a lot of advantages that the offense has despite the defense being so over, overwhelmingly physical and lengthy and all that stuff. And, you know, being able to jump from versatile positions with your feet pointing otherwise your your body you know all all out of sorts that's stuff that is like genuinely special and yeah that was another big thing like oh that's why okongu was so impactful as a pick and roll defender is that he had the spatial awareness to contain the ball handler in drop coverage and then also he could just spring off the floor from basically anywhere you know he could turn jump and contest in a split second and you know that's stuff that it's really hard to teach honestly yeah, the, the compromised position, I think, is something worth expanding on a little bit uh, in that, like, so much of NBA defense comes in, like, scramble situations and compromised positions because, like, 
it's a fast game that's not that's being played like a lot in in like secondary break situations and that just nba teams are so good at creating advantages that like things things are very rarely exactly as you'd expect and very neat and which which is why like being improvisational and able to cover ground becomes that much more important uh in that game uh and i think it you know even more increasingly as as the nba as the emphasis becomes you know increasingly on on playing on the perimeter and that especially bigs are, are on the perimeter like ground coverage just keeps getting more and more important yeah i think improvising is something i always like love hammering home it's because when you actually watch the nba you know it's not as cookie cutter as a lot of people make it out to be it's not 75 pick and rolls a game and you tag and you recover like yes while that is very frequent um you know we talked about that earlier a lot of possessions look very very different and people are attacking from all different types of angles you're there's going to be help responsibilities all over the court you know no possession no two possessions necessarily look the same and like while there is game planning and you there you gain comfort from being on the court and gaining game reps you know you're still going to be in positions where you're uncomfortable and you're going to have to think on the fly and you're going to have to jump and move on the fly so you know the wider range that you're able to contest that and you know, the more positions you're able to explode from, then the more impactful you're going to be. Um, it's basically, that's really all it comes down to for me. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS dot georgetown dot edu slash podcast should we move on to our spotlights go guys yeah i'm i'm in, i'm interested to hear you. uh well you have two you so you want to do one want me do first? one all right i'll do one um i have caught up on some high school basketball um finding high school basketball in 2021 is as tough of an exercise as it comes. Um, first of all, finding out what the team is called because all these guys are playing for club teams, not their high school teams, finding full games, not highlights. Um, but I was able to find a screen recording of one of Paolo Benchero's games who is committed to Duke next year, a top three prospect in the high school class of 2021. And, you know, the pitch to him is oh, he's always been, you know, this consistent combo forward. I'm not combo forward, you know, four or five man who was in, incredibly smart, great passer, you know, strong, great touch around the block, was very mobile and could guard on the perimeter. And, you know, the ball skills and, and shooting were hoping to progress. I saw him for the – this was probably the first time in, like, a year I had seen him. Um, the last time I'd seen him before this was at City of Palms his junior year, so basically a year later. And he was basically playing point guard the entire game. Uh, the game was a glorified pickup game, so I didn't want to take too much out of it from a scheme standpoint. 
But Paolo was basically hitting Michael Porter Jr. hang dribble threes on on multiple occasions. Um, had some nice like step backs and crossovers. Yeah, it, it looked pretty special. Um, I'm hoping we see some of that creation responsibility at Duke next year and some creativity in the offensive scheme because he, he definitely earned it after what I saw in that game. I'm looking forward to Paolo and AJG uh, at Duke next year. Yeah, Paolo, they are going to be very, very good if yep. all the chips fall. All right. Uh, my guy for today was, was Romeo Weems, uh, very topical. However, we're not going to talk about his exceptional ground coverage. Um, I, I had brought up on the pod after his debut. If, uh, if people don't remember, he, did, he debuted a, a ways into the season against, against Providence. Um, his, his point of attack defense in that game was really bad. Um, he was just very upright the entire time and was getting really easily thrown off balance and just dying on screens. Uh, it, it was it was kind of a mess, and I think it was like fairly reflective of what he looked like as a freshman as well. Um, the last couple of Romeo Weems games that I've watched, he has been pretty dominant at the point of attack. In addition to his typical high level team defense, um, he's been getting into his stance, and when he does that, like he he is incredibly disciplined. He slides really well. He's very physical, as, uh, you know, as a lateral mover, and he's he's just so so disciplined with with using his length that he keeps his hands up at all times. Uh, and it's just, it really enables him to just swallow guys up uh, across multiple positions. Um, so just adding the fact that, that he seems to have, have made real strides on the ball in, in his consistency there to the, the uh, instincts, uh, physical tools and ground coverage monster that he already was off the ball. Um, he, he's turning into quite the, the complete, uh, defensive wing prospect yeah i mean i'm admittedly behind on big east basketball and depaul especially um but yeah that's definitely intriguing i've kind of always thought of romeo as this team defense wizard so hearing that he not only is neutral at the point of at point of attack but even positive it's definitely good to hear and i need to catch up on that soon but i have been deep into michigan basketball film I'm, i'm writing about franz wagner and hoping to get that up soon but uh, while binging those games, Isaiah Livers caught my eye again. Um, Isaiah Livers has been someone that always has seemed intriguing and you know draftable for a couple of years now. But the the spotlight skill I really want to talk about is is his game off the bounce. Um, last year Isaiah Livers was kind of limited to you know this team defense three and D forward with good mobility, which is good and all, but you know there's not really much juice there. This year, I've been impressed with Isaiah Livers' ability to you know attack closeouts off the bounce, hitting pull up jumpers in the mid range, sidestepping for threes, and you know that added element on the wings just kind of gives him another facet of his offensive game to put pressure on the defense. And you know, great touch guy you know, incredible free, free throw shooter. So I think there's an avenue to him being a high level shooter and seeing those reps off the bounce is intriguing. All right. Uh, unless you have anything to plug, I think that means we're, uh, we're done for today. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of hinted at it. Uh, I am writing about Franz Wagner doing a little bit of a deep dive into, you know, the role he could play and you know the value he could bring for, whichever smart team selects him, but I'm not sure when that's going to be up. Uh, hopefully early next week, uh, just finished the film work, starting to outline and write it, but you know, balancing schoolwork, blog work, 
podcasts. It's not easy. Um, so hopefully we can get that out as soon as possible, but that is in the works. All right. Look out for that. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find it on Jake's Twitter at Jake in the paint. Uh, you can follow the pod at prep to pro pod, and you can follow me at max a Carlin. Uh, I think that'll do it for today. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. That was a fun one.